Welcome to Law School and Brief. And I'm Megan, and it's good to be here on today, a very momentous day, uh, because, drumroll please, it was Lydia's first day of law school. <laughs> I did get a picture. I had to ask a stranger, and he wasn't super enthusiastic about helping me out. <laughs> but I was like, I really need a picture of my first day of class. I went the all black route, like black t-shirt, black jeans, and then French fry backpack. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love that that was not stricken from the wardrobe. Guess who I guess who I flagged with it? The queers. No, I, I flagged no one. No, no. one. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. It's okay. <laughs> That's okay. I don't mind uh, being alone. <laughs> yeah, these low-carb um, losers over here. <laughs> yeah, my first day was was actually it was totally fine. Um, I this semester I'm taking uh, just basically the common law classes, so I feel really lucky because they are all kind of related, torts, property, and contracts. And then I'm also taking like legal writing and research and a, a lawyering class. But so my schedule is like today I had, I just have torts in the afternoon. And also on Friday, I just have one class in the morning. So how ideal is that? And then everything else is clumped in the middle. So let's like see how I feel about this later on. But for mm -hmm. now, I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah, that's a pretty ideal schedule. I think that like one L students schedules are usually pretty much the same because that's almost exactly the case for my schedule too. I'm taking oh, cool. torts and civil procedure, which all the cool two L's call civ pro. <laughs> <laughs> it took me way too long to figure out what civ pro was. I'm like, am I in that class? I don't know. <laughs> You're just a civ amateur. You're not even a civ pro. <laughs> I'm not even a civ pro. One day I can hope to be, but I actually, so I've been working on a lot of torts, um, or tort within tort law. Uh, and I realized that it's maybe going to be my favorite because it's basically just like the high level to low level nitty gritty, quote unquote T like, it's just the straight up T like you can hear the details of like the interpersonal <laughs> affairs. The gossip. I mean, it's like the the, yes, the gossip, the tea, the tea is being spilt. It is good. I'm loving it. Um, <laughs> I had to raise my hand and ask what a tort was, even though the first slide defined what a tort was. Um, I just needed some clarification because I really didn't quite understand what it was in a non-culinary uh, setting. And luckily, the, a really smart guy in my class answered it in a way that made sense to me. Um, but I'm wondering if you also know how to define it since you've been in it longer than me and you can also help me understand it. Okay, so the way that I understand torts, again, I'm only one week ahead of you, <laughs> is, is it's basically like it's, it's law pertaining to two private parties. So it's like a private action. Um, great example of this might be, 
you get into a car accident and I want to sue for damages. That's one person suing another person. Um, so that's sort of my understanding of torts, my working understanding of torts. It's person to person, private, um, usually not too high level, but it can be. It depends. The way that it was described to me by the smart guy in class, who I got to learn people's names. In orientation, we had name tags, and I really relied on those. And now I'm just like, the smart one. <laughs> They're all smart. I, Anyways, um, he was saying that uh, it, the, I think you mentioned damages, or mm-hmm. the the person, the victim in the situation can get like brought back up to where they were the like they can be compensated but like Mm -hmm. in criminal law it's about punishing the offender and in torts it's about like bringing up finding equilibrium again like yeah something like that going back to so first day of class that's where i'm at let's just like see if i can define it or if we can define it later how we feel like we define it but definitely the cases that we're reading are they do feel like gossip a little bit in a good way. Absolutely. I had like in one of my cases that I was reading, um, they called some, some woman like a, a hussy and a harlot. And I thought, oh, wow, that is just shots fired right now. It was all about defamation. Surprise, okay. surprise. Um, but yeah, this newspaper had published um, an account of, this was such an interesting case to me. So the plaintiff was the husband of a woman who the defendant published an article about calling her a hussy, a harlot, essentially insinuating that she was a prostitute. And he was suing for, oh my gosh, what was the word? This is really going to bother me. Consortium. He was he was suing for consortium, which I had to look up. And it basically means, it's, oh, I can't get around what this is. Consortium is the uh, privileges that come along with a marriage that aren't necessarily tangible, like companionship and sex. Whoa. Yeah, and you can sue somebody. So he was suing for a loss of consortium because his wife was so distraught after this newspaper had published these allegations about her that she was bedridden and I'm just imagining this is also in like the 20s I'm just imagining this woman like thrashing around in bed with a cold sweat like completely unable to get out and like do anything because her name has just been completely dragged um but this dude of course isn't suing on behalf of his wife he's suing for his own losses because his wife his property is not able to perform her tasks because of the slander yeah um okay so last week i remember you were like hey we got to keep this at 15 minutes because this is the hardest thing i've ever done in my life and today you're like wow this really interesting case that i read so what happened in that last week are you still kind of like overwhelmed or did you just like master it in one week i am so far from mastery but i will say that i feel way more confident that you know Writing a brief, so briefs for people that are listening who might not know, have certain components. And briefs are, believe it or not, very short. 
they should only be a half page to a page in length. And it basically just outlines the case that you're reading. So the history, like what courts it went through and what the rulings were, the issue, so what are the parties fighting about, um, facts that are relevant to the court's decision, and the holding, which is the court's answer to the issue. Um, so when you're reading these cases, you're trying to answer all of those questions. And at first, it felt like science, and I was never good at science, so I was like plugging things in into this formula and trying to make it work. But now I, now that I've been reading 40 to 50 pages of cases a night, I it's like the flow. I've hit a good flow. Wow, and I'm so happy to hear that because I spent a ton of time doing the first case and then I was like this just doesn't even I I just can't tell if this is right so I looked mm -hmm. up the case on LexisNexis and the brief made a lot of sense and it turned out that the holding was the opposite of what I had, had thought that it was when I was reading through because it just it got reversed so many times that I just anyway yeah. so I, I aim to be uh, in that flow that you're talking about because I was very embarrassed that but I'm glad I checked it also speaking of LexisNexis do you have access to that and yes rewards points my friend wait what yes they have a rewards program and if you go every day and like research a question then you get 10 points what mm -hmm. I'm writing this down yeah LexisNexis rewards <laughs> <laughs> yeah what a hot tip yeah very good. Okay, well, I, actually, okay. Wait, did you say all the classes you're taking? Yeah, I did. Okay, cool. I did that too. Um, but you're on trimester. So what does that mean? So our first trimester goes from Monday. Because right now I'm still in the two-week like intro summer intro session and oh. I'm thinking it's introduction to legal studies. So the course that I've been in since I arrived um, has just been getting us ready for law school. So they taught us how to do a brief and they taught us what all of these words meant and they have loaded us up with outside of classroom work so that we kind of get into the flow of what it's going to feel like in quote unquote real law school once it starts. The class that I'm taking is for credit, but it's just on a, like a high pass, pass, low pass, no pass. So the stakes are a little less high. Um, where was I going with that? Oh, the trimesters. Yeah. So the first trimester starts uh, on Tuesday of next week and it goes through the end of the year. The second trimester goes from like January 2nd to March 25th-ish. And then the third trimester goes from March 30th until mid of middle of June. And then our summers, which we also get credit for, are typically, where they're really high, highly encouraging that we spend them doing some sort of internship or paid summer work. Yeah. yeah and and we sense. just do okay, that. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. So sometimes you'll be ahead of me, but sometimes I'll be ahead of you. So yep. my whole plan to just have you tutor me um, isn't quite working, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, awesome. I'm just yeah. looking at our outline. Uh, Wait, so I need you to tell everybody. <laughs> this is what I want to hear. <laughs> you know what I want to hear. So Lydia did something kind of bold this week. 
and I cannot wait for her to regale y'all with the tale. Okay, after orientation, we had just been told, like, all throughout orientation, that about how um, we shouldn't have imposter syndrome because we're, you know, we got in. We're already good enough to be there, so we're going to be fine, and that we really need to prioritize our mental health, and we were introduced to all these resources at our disposal. So there's all these things that are, like, setting us up to all be successful. And then, you know, what was just unspoken the entire time was the existence of a grading curve. Um, And I just, they just don't really quite add up to me. I feel like grades can be helpful. They can be a good feedback mechanism to know how well you're doing and to signal to employers how well you're doing and also in comparison to other people. Um, And it's like a nice source of external motivation, but the curve doesn't seem necessary for those things. And the curve does um, take away from the mental health of the, of the students. And it, doesn't help us all raise each other up because if if you're tutoring me if you're smarter than me I'm like Megan help me out and then you help me and then we're like around the same level of understanding or if I like now am empowered to slightly understand it better like that's only bad for you yeah you know? um, yeah if there's just a certain amount of people who can get A's and a certain amount that can get B's and it's all just just based on how well you do compared to your peers so anyways I wrote this all down and then made a survey that was like, hey, fellow 1Ls, how would you feel about, you know, having a discussion about restructuring the, or yeah, restructuring the grading structure and like talking with administration about it and just like seeing what happens because there are other ways of structuring our own education. If we're going to be analyzing the laws and policies of the nation, why not start with what we're subjected to here um I love this you're like the pied piper of academia (laughs) (laughs) well okay it's like some schools don't even have grades so I'm not even going that far I'm not even being like totally progressive I'm just saying like what if we eliminate the curve Mm -hmm. and just resounding disinterest from my fellow students there were a couple people who um were keen but just mostly like not not at all interested in doing it for various reasons like it's not worth bothering the administration it's like I will succeed under the curve so this is a waste of my time or nothing will happen from this so it's a waste of time those kinds of things uh and other people saying like the competition of the curve is just realistic to the competition in the legal field so anyways that is (laughs) that was my first uh social failure of many come. <laughs> I think I think the first might have been wearing the French fry backpack. Oh no I'm kidding. No, that was just today. This, <laughs> this, the time to rally my fellow peers was on Friday and this was a Monday. So really now you, I'm now. <laughs> the French fry backpack is your scarlet letter. You've been marked. People will know you. I love it. Um, But that is actually super interesting to me because there does seem to be this um, dichotomy is not the right word, but it's almost like, well, I'll just say what I'm trying to say. 
So you, we are students, we have to like compete with one another in the context of class and in grades and the curve as an example of this. Um, and we're told that that is just part of the law school structure and that this is how it's going to be in the quote unquote like real world. So we should just get used to it. But in the next breath, we're told to be creative and to hold each other up. And I just can't help but think like, what gives? Today in class, one of our professors uh, said that he listed five of the top qualities of an attorney, and one of them was creativity. And I asked him to elaborate on that, and he just said, in the way that you think about problems. And <laughs> uh, that doesn't seem creative to me at all, because the law is just a set of rules with which we view the problems. I suppose if you're trying to rewrite the rules, but... I don't know. It just, it, this is not, these are not a people and this is not an environment where I'm imagining creativity is in the top five priorities. <laughs> and, you know, just your curve story is evidence of that to me. It's kind of disappointing. It is a little disappointing. It's not too surprising, but, um, but that's okay. And yeah, it would have, it would have, like, say everyone was like, yeah, let's do this, then I would have had a lot more work to do. So, um, and also now I'm kind of immune from like after grades do come out. If anyone tries to complain to me about the curve, <laughs> I'm going to be like, well, <laughs> I tried, you know? Yeah. But yeah, no, I feel, I feel you. I feel like uh, this is just not a, a setting that I, normally gravitate toward and I don't really know how to how to like be true to myself and and like just be accepted uh, but whatever like I tried to ask and okay so some judges came and one of them he kept talking about how he um was a man of faith and he's catholic and when we had question time <laughs> it's probably not called question time. <laughs> <laughs> Did you sit on a on a colored carpet on on, on a letter or a number? I sure did. Oh, Lydia. <laughs> so I asked him, like, okay, as a as a person of faith who has this other moral value set that they're using um, in their life, in addition to the that to laws. Um. And these two things are bound to conflict sometimes. In 2019, are there any laws in effect that you think are worth civilly disobeying? And whoa, he's a judge. So he was like, no. But I'm just like, oh, yeah, this isn't this just isn't like I'm just used to an environment where like now that would become a discussion or like where the curve thing where like someone brings it up and then it becomes a discussion. Yeah, and, and you know what? environment where I'm like, what about this? And people are like, no. And I'm like, oh, now what? I just cannot imagine that his response of no is actually true to what he feels. Because he, of course, is not going to show up to a group of 1Ls and say, I am a judge and sometimes I feel inclined <laughs> to disobey the law. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I And like, this is not at all a criticism as much as it is an observation of the culture of law in law school but i'm everybody's like to an extent just sort of fronting like fronting they're just 
putting yes. on a facade. I mean, and and because of that, I and I'm fa- finding a cute little way to segue into the other thing that I wanted to mention. Ooh. But I deleted my Facebook this week because of how the administrators and professors at our school hit us over the head with having to portray an image. Um, And while I don't think there was anything on my Facebook that necessarily was like bad, you know, I got a Facebook in 2007 when I was in high school and I literally would post updates like, is hungry, wants food, you know, <laughs> or, or I love Lizzie McGuire, fight me, you know, <laughs> like, I don't need that in any way somehow coming back to me. And so after a 12-year relationship with this online platform that more people in the world are a part of than not, I just deleted it because of this fear and this need to have not necessarily a facade right now, but the ability to enter the legal profession with a clean slate. Mm. Wait, yeah. more people use Facebook than not? Yeah, I thought like population of the world. I thought Facebook had like like half the world population. You might have to fact check me on that. But I thought that I'd read that somewhere. Okay, so I'm looking at 2.41 billion monthly active users I as of June 30th. Seven billion. Okay. I don't think that that... Wait. <laughs> Population. Over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's definitely less than half of the population. I had to look oh, it up, but it's like seven something. Okay. Uh, but I, as a hyperbole, you're totally right. <laughs> and definitely <laughs> over half of the people that we know. <laughs> oh, well over. Uh, wow. I'm really proud of you. Thank you. I did it with no ceremony. It was just, bye. You didn't make the post that's like, I've decided to delete Facebook. <laughs> no, because it would immediately get deleted. <laughs> yeah. I, that's awesome. I didn't do anything as big as that except for signing an apartment lease. <gasps> yeah. This is I was in a odd St. Louis gave me a lot of options. And so I didn't know what to do. Like in Boston, it was my option was find the cheapest place to live with a lot of people, make sure they're people you like and make sure you can like handle the commute in the winter. And so that's what I did. And I had a really sweet spot. Um, And then coming here, I was like, okay, so let me find a place that I don't mind the commute that has a lot of people. And like, whoa, I don't actually need to do that in St. Louis because the housing is more affordable here. So then it was deciding between like, okay, do I want to get a really small studio apartment and walking distance to campus? Do I want to get a nice studio apartment that's like a 25-minute bus ride um, or a 15-minute bike ride? Do I want to get, do I want to, both of those, I should just put prices on here so you understand like my thinking. And then maybe you can guess what I did. Um, Those are both $7.15 a month. Do I want to, literally buy a house and the mortgage would be a hundred dollars a month um <laughs> but then i would also have to buy a car so that would add in a little bit do i want to try to find a housemate but i'd have to do it kind of last minute and i wouldn't really have time to get to know the person and that would be like 350 a month um and i forget the other options that i looked at oh like i looked into like just buying a mobile home and that kind of thing but that seemed less practical so of those options <laughs> what do you think i went with 
So of those options, knowing you as well as I think I know you, I am going to guess that you opted for the slightly nicer studio apartment that was, I believe you said, a little bit bigger, 25 minutes away from campus by bus, 15 minutes by bike ride. And the reasoning I chose that is because I believe you to be somebody who values a uh, work-life balance and a physical divide between those spaces might be advantageous to meet that end. That's my. You're so opinion. smart. Okay, so I signed the lease for that one. It had everything. It had a pool. Yeah, baby. <laughs> free Starbucks, uh, a place for packages, uh, building management on site, a gym, a theater. All of this are seven fifteen a month, mind you. Tall ceilings, and then the minute I walked away, I was like, and went back to campus and realized how long it took to get to campus. I was filled with regret and I freaked out and I contacted them and was like, "Can you stop the processing?" like processing the closet. and then I contacted the realtor of the small like the shoe box that was close to campus who I had told him never mind and I was like is it still available I changed my mind so I signed that one just because I was freaked out um about the transit and the Dang. Weather. I oh. know <laughs> anyways I, um, I should I get docked friend points or something no, that's just that, that was the thing I chose first so you're right um, there's something to be said for that yeah yeah, it had so many nice things. And then I figure in the in the following years, I'll maybe find people that I want to live with and live in a bigger house and save money and all of that good stuff. But it was hard to do that really last minute. Well, so, I cannot wait to come visit you. Yes, there is no space for you, but we will share a bed. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of real estate, where in class are you sitting? And like, does your school have the thing where where you sit on the first day is where you stay the rest of the semester? No. So I'm sitting um, in not the very front row, but the, the second row from the front, the one right behind the front row. And I'm sitting slightly off to the left because I don't like being dead center I like, if I could get the end seat, I would take it, but that's kind of prime real estate. I like being able to spread out a little bit more and not feel so constricted because, I mean, God forbid you have to go to the bathroom in the middle of class. I don't want to have to jump over like three or four people. Um, And no, there's no restriction on where people can sit, but there does seem to be a bit of an unspoken rule that you don't move. I've seen people get into like miniature kerfuffles around this. I've heard that at WashU, um, a seating chart is passed around and you put your name uh, on your seat as you pass the paper around so that where you sit the first day becomes a seating chart. That didn't happen to me today in class, but I'm going to also kind of try a similar strategy, like sitting closer to the edge um, and like not quite in the front, but like a little bit, not not in the back. We have a similar uh, approach there. Yeah, it's like, what if I have to go to the bathroom? And what if I... You know, I don't know. <laughs> it's nice yeah. to have an escape plan. Exactly. Um, total non sequitur, but just curious, what's the what's the, like the age makeup of your of your class? I can't really tell. There's definitely people who, well, most people are younger than me, but there are some people that seem to be 
in their late 20s, early 30s. Like, I definitely don't feel like I'm the oldest. And there are also several people who have gray, white hair. Um, and I haven't gotten to know everyone really well yet, but definitely a spread. It's nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I, yeah. I have a similar spread in my class, and I enjoy it. I like the different perspectives that people can offer. Oh, yeah. My torts professor, he had a, us do a survey before class started of like what we majored in and what kind of work we did if we did any before class mm-hmm. um, or before school started. And then he during class was like, oh, I see this person, you know, studied biology. Can you explain this like hay bale that caught on fire in this one case um, and how hay can catch on fire? Uh, that was cool. Yeah. And then we had a case about someone mismanaging a ship and someone who used to be in the Navy answered questions about maritime law, which was cool. Oh, the the brief that I just stopped or I, I paused on writing to do this was about maritime law. Really? Which one was it? What if we do the same one? Mm, it's Lozman v. City of Riviera Beach, Florida. No. Not the same one. Oh, oh, well. Okay, the last thing that I really want to hear you explain is the thing you should do to pay attention while you're reading. Because <laughs> I have just been reading aloud to myself in a British accent so that I am more interested in what I am saying to myself. <laughs> you know I'm not kidding. Like, you know yeah. I'm actually doing that. But what are you doing? So... I'm almost embarrassed. I was told by one of the faculty members that one of the best ways to keep your mind and body alert when you start to feel it kind of drift into like sleepy, sleepy land is to first begin drawing your breath in and in your nose and out your mouth quickly. So sort of like, and you do that for about a minute and then Yet you keep doing that, but you incorporate this crazy arm motion where you kind of like put your hands to your armpits, creating, for lack of a better term, like a like a chicken wing. And so you're going and batting your arms up and down accordingly. And because that's not crazy enough, if you're really feeling like you're tired and you need to pick me up, you're going to stand up out of your chair, which I am now doing because I feel like I can't explain it without physically doing it. Breathing, continuing the breathing, with the chicken wings going in accordance at the exact same pace. And then you're going to be like bending your knees up and down. So your knees are bending, your arms are flapping, and your breath is going in and out. And effectively, you look like a chicken having a panic attack. You're just like, <sighs> but after about a minute or two of that, you are good to go for another 30 minutes or so. <laughs> oh, so okay, so this is a, it's a break from reading. You you take a break to do this, and then you keep going. It's not, yes. you don't, you're not doing this while you're reading. While you're no, reading. I, okay. I imagine it like a pit stop. Like you have to like do some like routine maintenance on the body and mind so that you can keep going. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> I will try that and I will report back. Okay. <laughs> Great. Hey well, Megan, were you ever were you ever on a jury? No, I was never selected. 
Um, but of course I reported to jury duty. Yeah, me too. I wasn't selected either. It was like a medical malpractice case and I knew too much about the condition. And uh, the other time I was called, I was traveling. But like, I don't think that we're going to be called ever. Or sorry, I don't think that we're going to ever be chosen after we're lawyers. That's what I've heard, is that we know too much. Just one of those things. But I want to, I miss, I want to, now we're reading all these cases and all these juries, <laughs> making all these decisions. We won't get to ever do that. Not on a jury, no, but in other ways, we will. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's comforting. Well, on that comforting note, I feel like we should bid each other adieu for the evening <laughs> so I can get back to my very fun cases, and I'm sure you have some to do as well. Yes, I'm going to do my very first property reading. Ooh, I enjoyed the property ones that I've read so far. So I cool. hope you do too. Um, awesome. I will talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you so soon. Adieu. Adieu. <laughs> Bye.